From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint for October, uh, what is it, 22nd, I believe? Yes, 22nd, week 7 of the National Football League season, and it's time for the fantasy look at this week. We welcome in Mr. Danny Flecker to talk that. Good morning. Hey, man, how's it going? I'm good. All right, let's start here. Um... One thing that's clear, whether you think that was a fumble or not in the Jets game last week, is that Austin Safarian Jenkins and the tight ends for the Jets are finally being used more in this offense, which Jet fans have been waiting for for a couple of years. Do you think that touchdown, not a touchdown notwithstanding, that this is finally the time where uh, we could see the Jets' tight ends being used more and that he's a smart um, uh, fantasy pickup? Absolutely. I, I picked him up a couple weeks ago. I had uh, Greg Oltz on one of my teams. And when you're trying to replace somebody like that, you're looking for anything from a tight end, you know, whether it be five to six points a game. And, you know, he's caught a couple touchdowns uh, the last couple of weeks. They, they like to utilize him as a goal line, you know, presents a mismatch. And uh, he's not flashy, not super fast, but he is, what, 6'6", 280 probably. So, he is a mismatch, you know, in short yardage and in the middle of the field. As long as, I think, McCown stays upright and the Jets are close in games, um, you know, even if they get blown out because they're going to have to throw the ball, uh, he's a good option for you. And it seems like he's gotten his head on straight and the Jets, you know, have a similar style of offense compared to the, the Saints. You know, their offensive coordinator came from the Saints, so... Uh, if you got ASJ or whatever you want to call him, um, <laughs> I keep firing up, firing him up. I mean, there are, there aren't many too many better options that you can really go with to the tight end position at this point in the season. If you had Aaron Rodgers, um, obviously, I don't think there's any use to keeping him on on your team unless you're in a keeper league, I guess. Uh, because even if he comes back in week 16 or 17, I don't think you know, you'd know you want him for your fantasy player. You, uh, purposely keep him around with a hope for the fantasy playoffs when there's no guarantee of him returning. Where do you go? Where's that next-level quarterback that you actually have faith with? Because you and I have talked about this off-air. The quarterback quality in the NFL is really diminished, and there's a huge gap between the Bradys of the world and everybody else. Yeah, it's tough here. You know, unless you're... A league where you, you want to value the, the backup QB spot, you know, personally myself, I like to grab maybe one in the draft and and look ahead, potentially to a matchup where I can utilize one on the bye. The Packers haven't had their bye yet, so even if you had Rodgers, you know, you, you're not looking until I think a week nine bye or, or week eight bye or, or something like that for them, so it's tough. And, you know, most of the good guys are, are taken already, so. You, if you got that spot and you needed somebody, Brett Hundley actually I, I wouldn't think would be a bad pickup. They're at home against the Saints team that, despite what they've done the last couple weeks on defense, uh, I still think is one of the worst defenses in the league. They're going to Lambeau. A week to prepare. Uh, a lot of people are writing the Packers off because they don't have Aaron Rodgers, but if you could pick up a guy like Brett Hundley, I think he could definitely be serviceable this week and in the next couple of weeks, some of their matches they have coming up. I think there's the Lions uh, as well. So, you know, I, I pick him up if you are, are absolutely desperate. Uh, other guys could be, you know, a guy like Trevor Simeon. Uh, Andy Dalton isn't too bad of a pickup. Um, 
So you're definitely scrapping at the bottom there at this time of the year. But uh, if those guys are available, those are guys I would pick up to help salvage your season a bit. Um, is Josh McCallan and this Jet offense to the point where he might be a good fantasy pickup on a bye week? Uh, I was in that kind of scramble last week. Uh, you know, Mariota is one of my my QBs, and uh, I went with Brian Hoyer instead of uh, McCown last week, and I had a feeling about McCown. But my only concern right now with the Jets is I think they peak. I, I think we've seen the best football from them the first couple weeks. Um, he's always an injury concern, uh, so it's tough if you, if you roll the dice and he gets hurt early in the game, then you got nowhere else to go, but... You know, given some of the matches they might have coming up, he, he's definitely worth a look. Uh, but I think as far as, like, the productivity from the Jets offense, you know, from a quarterback standpoint, I think they may have peaked uh, already this year. Um, well, this is a, a non-fantasy question, but I have to ask it. Why is the Saints' defense never any good? <laughs> they just don't value certain players in certain positions. I mean, they have invested a lot of draft. Uh, stock into that defense and secondary in the last couple of years. They, they do play fast. Uh, they do um, have that, you know, guy Cameron Jordan on the on the defensive line. It does cause some issues. Uh, I think recently they, they've had a spike as far as like real value and fantasy value. Uh, but when you really look at some of the game flow of the games they played, um, you know, when they played Miami, that was in London. I can't really count that for anything. Uh, then they had Carolina, and Carolina was still kind of in a rut offensively when they played them. And last week, you know, despite the fancy value they provided, they still gave up 40, you know, 38 points. Um, and had a huge lead and weren't able to really close that game out. So I think, you know, if you're looking for for something from them defensively on the fancy side of things, I think you're not going to get it anymore. I, I think they, they hit the, the top of the mountain for them. I think when you can look at other options, possibly the stream, uh, you're always, you know, trying to shoot fish in a barrel with that strategy anyway. But I think that this week, unless they have, you know, another two or three touchdowns, I don't know how, how much value they can really present on the defensive side of the ball. Who do you like this week and who don't? Pick any position you want. And so for quarterback, I mentioned Brett Hundley. I, I think he's a sneaky pickup. I like uh, Mariota, again, I think I see this every week, but we saw last week what he could do from the pocket. Uh, you know, this week, he could be a little more mobile, and, and they're playing the Browns. So I, I do like him. Um, you know, From a running back perspective, you know, McKinnon on the Vikings, he, the last two weeks, and I said this last week, I thought he'd always get more value than Octavius Murray, and that's looking to be true. Uh, they're kind of banged up in the wide receiver position in Minnesota, so I expect him to get a lot of touches. Um, Chris Ivory, addition, late addition, uh, Fournette is out. So if you have Ivory or if you can pick him up, i definitely start him. Um, Jay Ajaye looks to be back and, and rounding into four in a big game last week. So I, I think that you know you can fire him up without any concern there. And from a wide receiver, wide receiver perspective, Adam Thielen um, had... 13 targets, I think, last week with, with uh, Diggs out. Diggs is out again this week. Uh, I definitely fire him up. I like A.J. Green this week against Pittsburgh. I know that it's, uh, you know, Pittsburgh's defense has been better than advertised this year, but he always seems to play pretty well against them. Uh, so A.J. Green is somebody I would fire up. Uh, another wide receiver that might not be getting too much attention is Robert Woods on the Rams. 
Um, he's led the team in receiving and targets the last couple of weeks. Uh, Patrick Peterson is probably going to be on Sammy Watkins. Not that I think that will make any difference because Watkins, I think, is one of the more overrated players in the league. Uh, but Robert Woods could be a sneaky play for you as well. Mohamed Sanu as well. He's coming back from a hamstring injury going against the Pats. The Pats are down a couple of corners. And um, I think they'll definitely game plan you know, for Julio Jones. That's leaving you know some targets available for some of the other guys there. So I do like him um, there. George tight end, some names that maybe people won't think of or know of. Uh, George Kittle on the 49ers. Uh, playing Dallas this week. Dallas, uh, one of the worst defenses in the league, despite what you know, what metrics or, or stats you want to look at, they should, you know, be able to use the middle of the field. Even with Sean Lee back, I think that you know they're probably going to try to push the outside with the rookie quarterback and leave the middle of the field open. I also like Martellus Bennett a lot this week. You know, rookie. Brett uh, Hundley's not a rookie QB, but his first actual start. Um, they were making a concentrated effort last week to get him more involved, and on the play that Rodgers got hurt, it was actually a pass to Bennett who was wide open and he dropped it. But I think that Bennett might be uh, more in use today as they try to present you know more comfortable throws for, for Hunley. And then as far as like defenses, um, you gotta like Seattle going against the Giants. Uh, Giants had a, a game last week that they were able to control for the entirety of the game. Don't know if they'll be able to do that today, uh, but you know Seattle's definitely a good defense to fire up. If you have Tennessee, Tennessee against the Browns, tied to the turnover machine, you know, so I do like him. Even uh, the Pittsburgh and Cincy defenses, uh, I expect a low-scoring game there. Uh, Roethlisberger, despite the win last week, was not that great through the air, and he's still prone to make mistakes. And Cincy has one of the more underrated defenses in the league, and. You know, could provide some value there as well as the other side of the ball, Pittsburgh. They, they've been playing pretty fast this year, and I, and I like the way they look. Uh, just, just going back to the running backs for a second. Baltimore has been way inconsistent. I like that not only because uh, uh, McKinnon has shown some pro- some uh, promise, but just because Baltimore's defense, I don't trust. Yeah, they they got some um, injuries up front. They they get Brandon Williams back this week. Um, Despite that, I, I still think that um, when you look at the utilization uh, that they've had with um, McKinnon in the last couple of weeks, he just presents so much value for them. He, he can catch the ball. He can run the ball. Uh, you know, he was a college quarterback, too. If they want to do some trick plays, they could, they could do that as well. Um, he's just somebody that, that seems to make plays with the ball in his hand. So, um if you got him, he's somebody you got to use. And I think Kyle Rudolph for tight end, too. He, he saw some more production last week, so maybe he's somebody that, that gets more involved this week. But McKinnon has just been able to to, to do things when he has a chance to. And I, and I like the way that they, they use him there. That's your fantasy look for week nine. Danny, thank you, sir. Uh, no problem, man. And now it's time for the rest of our sprint previewing football games. And we welcome in from Daytona Beach, Florida, Mr. Luke Morrow. Good morning. Good morning. Um, when you wake up on an NFL Sunday, is there a different feeling knowing Aaron Rodgers is out for the year and the Vikings' chances of winning the North have just exponentially improved? Does it change? <laughs> is it sadness that one of the greatest football players ever to 
play the game is out, or is it excitement knowing that your chances have gone up exponentially? For me, it is excitement. Um, I never want to wish uh, an injury on anyone. Uh, I wasn't necessarily celebrating when he got hurt last week, but once the reports came out that he was going to be out for um, at least the majority of the season, obviously, uh, I'm, I'm much. I liked my, our, the Vikings' chances much more um, to win the division. So they went through it in 2013. Though that was a terrible year for Minnesota, but but Aaron Rodgers missed most of that season with the collarbone, and now they have another chance this year to not worry about him. And it's really become a, a, a two-horse race for the time being. And we, and we will get to the Vikings, who have their own quarterback issues. Um, let's start with the Jets, who faced the Dolphins today. Potentially could have been four and two. That was not a touchdown, apparently. It was a fumble. Now they're 3-3. Three and three. They go to Miami. I was there to see Miami earlier in the year. Worst offense I've seen in person in years. Um, but things can be different on the road. you got to wonder, Luke. You know, a lot of, you know that, that was a battle for first place. Not that it would have been the, the go-ahead touchdown, but it would have given them an easier shot later in the game, only having to go for three. Now they're... Three and three, you gotta wonder what the emotional bounce back will be like. This team is good. This Jets team is halfway decent, a good team, not tanking. Um, but I'm not quite sure how they rebound today. Yeah, that, that, that's uh, heartbreaking. Last week, what occurred, and of course, it has to happen against the Patriots. Uh, of all people, you know, yeah, the whole country was rooting for the Jets, and uh, I, I don't think I've seen one person actually agree with that call made afterwards, but. You know, that, that was last week, and now you put that behind you, and you have to move forward, and you take on the Dolphins. It's weird that these two teams are getting rid of their their uh, two games here in, what, like a six-week span. But, um, you know, last time they played, I picked the Jets to win at home. Uh, this time, I don't think they pull off the sweep. Um, it's in Miami. I, I like the Dolphins. Everyone's been talking about the offense, and, yes, it's been struggling. We're still waiting for it to click in Miami and Jay Cutler and everything. But, meanwhile, they have one of the best defenses in the league right now in terms of uh, the numbers and how they're playing to start the year. So I still like Miami. Once Cutler figures it out, I mean, they have all the pieces there in Miami. And with that division apparently up for grabs right now, uh, I still like the Dolphins, and I think they get it done today. You know, it's interesting. As we look um, at the landscape of that play, you can't lose sight of this. The Jets are actually using tight ends again. Luke, did you feel the earth shake last week? Because that's what that was. That was the world realizing that the Jets actually remembered that there's a position on the football team um, called the tight end. I felt it shake all the way down here. I was shocked. Wow. Okay, that's a big earthquake. Mm-hmm. It's in, you know, it's fascinating, but that's exactly what... Um, the Jets have done, rediscovered the tight end, especially on a team that, that has shaky targets, especially before the curse and the curly trades. They were able to acquire, uh, or, or, or sorry, not acquire, but develop Jenkins, and when he came back off the suspension, he's been a vital part of the offense. Mikhail's playing a lot better than I expected. Yeah. You know, you look at the Jets in their offseason, and you know it better than, than me or anyone else, but... Uh, everyone was talking about the tanking and everything because they got rid of so many big names. But you look at those big names and what they've been doing elsewhere, they haven't done anything. I mean, Decker finally had a good game last week for the Titans a bit, but you look at all the guys they got rid of, uh, they're not doing much with their other teams. So 
you know, maybe it wasn't so much moves to begin tanking, but actually moves to improve the team because the Jets seemed to be better without those guys and all the moves they made in the offseason seemed to be the right one. So maybe you flip the script and start giving that front office some credit for developing this team, bringing in those receivers just before the season, uh, giving McCown some targets. Uh, they're, they're playing well. And uh, it looks like the Jets front office actually did a very good job this offseason as opposed to trying to throw the season away. All right, let's look at uh, two games together, uh, one of which is Baltimore-Minnesota, the other which is New Orleans-Green Bay. Um, you know Rodgers, Brett Hundley's the quarterback. There's there's two reports out there that the doctors think that Aaron Rodgers could come back late in the year. He is on IR. He could return after eight weeks. A, do you believe they'll do this? B, do you think Brett Hundley can keep this team afloat? And C, can Case Keenum, if he keeps having to play in place of Sam Bradford, can he can he keep the Vikings afloat? Yeah, all good questions. I think Rodgers will be back by the end of the year, assuming that the games are still worthwhile. Say, just hypothetically speaking, they go they have the bye week, so, so they go zero and seven here. Uh, there's no reason to bring back Rodgers for the last whatever three games, whatever it is. Uh, but if they're still in the thick of the playoff race, I think he will be able to come back. I think he will come back. Uh, I think. Also, Hundley will keep them afloat to a certain degree. I actually like the Packers today. I think they're going to win at home against the Saints. Um, maybe I'm giving them way too much credit. Um, but Hundley is, is athletic enough where he can make enough plays. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you're going to see how good Aaron Rodgers is. I always talk about how year after year this Packers team, they lack so much talent. And it's just Aaron Rodgers who makes them competitive. And over Rodgers' career since he's became a starter in games in which he doesn't play because of injury or he plays very little because he gets injured in, they're only 3-10, and 10, and they've scored very few touchdowns. Uh, now, obviously, the backup quarterbacks aren't as good as Rodgers, but you look at say, the Minnesota Vikings this year with Case Keenum, they're in first place at 4-2 and two with their third-string quarterback. So, obviously, backup quarterbacks can win games. But for the Packers, when you take Rodgers out of the equation, now you can no longer hide all the other problems they have. So I think that's going to be the biggest issue. Um, for, for the Packers, is that Hungley may still play well, but the talent just isn't there for Green Bay, and Rodgers has always been able to mask it. And Packers fans know it well. For some reason, Mike McCarthy has this reputation throughout football and throughout the country of this great offensive mind, this great coach. I think he's a lousy coach, and I'm actually surprised he's lasted this long. There's a whole issue last year when Rodgers called him out. He had to state his resume in a press conference. Anytime you have to do that, that's not a good thing if you're a head coach. Uh, so now we'll really see what, what McCarthy's made of if he can um, – work this offense around Brett Hundley. Obviously, there's going to be some struggles in that drop-off. On the Vikings side with Keenum, now things get very interesting. Teddy Bridgewater starts to practice. You have the bye week coming up in two weeks. Is Bridgewater going to be ready after the bye week? Who knows? Is Sam Bradford ever going to come back this year? Who knows? He's still on the active roster. There's been reports that one week that he's in New York. The next week, he's getting checked out in Florida. This past week, there was rumors he was in Palm Beach. Uh, <laughs> who knows? But, you know, Case Keenum right now, the way he's playing, if they beat the Ravens today, beat the Browns next week, as they should, can you really pull Keenum after getting up to a 6-2 and two start? We'll see. Would you throw Teddy Bridgewater back in there? A lot of people thought he would never return from that injury. Yeah, I'm shocked that he's practicing 14 months later. Everybody, in terms of Vikings fans and around this organization, loves Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he's a great guy, and I love his personality. I love uh, the charity work, all that sort of stuff. But in terms of quarterbacks, you know, he only played less than two years. Now he's coming off his knee injury. Who knows what he has? Now, when he was healthy in 2015 as the every-game starter, he only averaged 200 yards a game. He only had 14 touchdowns 
in the 16 games. The fascination is actually annoying to me. Sam Bradford is a much better quarterback. And ever since Bradford has gotten here, people have been calling for Bridgewater to return instead of enjoying Bradford's success. I don't think Teddy, especially with this injury, will ever be as good as Bradford, at least currently, or, or, or was before his own knee injury this year. And yet everyone's calling for Teddy as if he can come and play today against the Ravens. So uh, Coach Zimmer loves Bridgewater. All the fans do. They've been calling for him since the injury. Uh, if he's able to play this year, I think he will. Um, but with this Bradford knee situation, I think Bridgewater may now become, once again, the quarterback of the future, where me personally, I'd much rather have, if he's healthy, Sam Bradford. You, you've heard me say this before. I don't think um, Sam Bradford ever plays another down in the NFL. Yeah, I, I have no idea where to go with this. I mean, with a bye week, he has, he'll have more time. He hasn't practiced now um, in two weeks. And once again, like I said, it's a pain tolerance thing. They said there's not there's nothing they can really do for it except have it rest, and you have to just kind of fight through it. And so it's very odd that last year that offensive line Bradford was able to play all 15 games once he was on the team, uh, despite all the hits he took. And then this year, in week one, when he doesn't get touched at all, it's a non-contact injury that's going to keep him out all year. It's, it's very odd to me. But, you know, they said – that week leading up to the Bears game, when they put him back in, they said he looked perfect in practice, looked like he was 100%, looked great. They put him out in the Bears game, and all of a sudden, he was like a deer in headlights. Uh, so I think maybe it's a mental thing, because anyone who watched that Monday night game saw he did not look right, didn't look like he belonged in the football field, and yet in practice they were saying he looked like the total opposite guy. And so I don't know why that just switches like that once you get into a game, but who knows? Hopefully he can return soon, because uh, I've actually become a big graphic fan. I'm I'm just noticing that you guys are the London game next week. Yeah, unfortunately, but at least it's against the Cleveland Browns, and so that's a must-win. Even with that uh, that uh, travel to London, my my only fear is that they overlook today's game, prepping for that London trip against the bad Browns team, uh, with the Ravens team coming in today that's been struggling. Got to make sure you take care of business first today before you leave. Interesting. We'll see how this works. Super Bowl rematch tonight on Sunday Night Football, which is the Falcons and the Patriots. The Patriot defense is not the Patriot defense of old. They've got a lot of problems. You know, we talked about it last week. The front seven is not as strong. And then they had the secondary injuries last week that the Jets exploited. Um, I think the Falcons win tonight. I really do. On paper, I think the Falcons should win. I mean, the Patriots, if I heard it correctly, are their first defense to allow more than 300 passing yards in each of the first six games of a season in NFL history, not just under Belichick. I find that hard to believe, but that's what, at least if I heard it correctly, that's what uh, Mike Florio said. Um, you know, the defense is terrible. They, they can't get after the quarterback, and they've had so many breakdowns in the secondary, which I think they'll resolve as the season goes along. But, you know, you're going up against Matt Ryan today, and he should have a field day. Um, the Falcons still need to get Julio Jones more involved. For some reason, he has not been included in Sarkeesian's game plans this season. Uh, but at the same time, Patriots are home. It's a, a national game uh, against, uh, you know, the Falcons. It's the whole Super Bowl thing. Even with these struggles, I still can't go against the Patriots. I think the Falcons right now are, are, are still the better team, but I think the Patriots win. You you does this become a shootout and Tom Brady wins it late? Is that is that how you see this playing out? If the Patriots win this game, uh, yeah, I could certainly see that. I mean, I could see something being like, uh, well, I guess similar to the to the um, the Super Bowl. I guess you know something like thirty one twenty eight. But I, I still just can't go against. Every time I pick against the Patriots, I'm wrong. So yeah, I, I just think they're going to win. <laughs> There's a good enough reason to. I I I think the Falcons win this game. I think 
Patriots have some struggles the rest of the way, and they probably have four or five losses by the time this season is over. And finally, Monday Night Football, Washington and Philly. Philly 5-1. and one. Uh, Somebody this week, help, um, help me out here. Somebody this week, I think it was Jay Gruden, said that he's never seen a quarterback progress more between year one and year two than Carson Wentz has. Um, Washington is 3-2. and two. They've, They're over 500, but I, I think Philly wins this game and may win this by a couple scores. Yeah, this is a big game for Washington. They need this to stay in the thick of things there in the division, and, and who would have thought that the Eagles at this point would be uh, have the, what, the best record in the entire league. Um, but, you know, you look at that Eagles team, they've, they've put a lot into that offensive line, uh, and so they help keep their young quarterback upright, and he's been playing very well this year, but you know, I'm still not on the Wentz hype train yet. Um, same with last year. I think the numbers can be a little bit misleading. He's starting to throw it downfield a little bit more this year, but even so, he's had a lot of uh, uh, luck, if you will, on his side. Um, uh, not to play the, the luck card, but uh, he's had a lot of passes that could easily be intercepted that haven't, and then he's had a couple of passes that we saw, I think, was against the Chiefs that should have uh, been intercepted and actually resulted in, in big receptions for him. So he's playing well, but I, I, you know, when people talk about him being MVP, I think that's a little bit outrageous at this point. However, I'll say uh, the Eagles do still win at home. We shall see how this one turns out tomorrow. Luke, believe it or not, it's time for the end of our radio program. You've got this down now. I'm very impressed with you. You've got that line down. Uh, Your game of the day or week? Uh, I'll say Sunday Night Football, Falcons Patriots. I think so. I think definitely that's going to be the one. Your sleeper game? You know, I'll say Bengals-Steelers because those two teams hate each other. I think there may be some uh, exciting extracurricular activities. I'm going to tell you this. The Chargers will beat the Broncos today. I can see it. So that's my sleeper for an upset. I'm, that's that's what I'm saying. Your game to watch golf during? Uh, ooh, uh, I'll say, uh, uh, you know, uh, Titans-Browns, I'll say. Uh, Cowboys-49ers. Uh, that's a great rivalry game, but uh, I don't see how that game is of interest. I'm picking the Niners to win today. Really? Yep. Why? Team to lose. First team to lose five games in a row by three points or less. Four of those five have been on the road. They've played a lot better than their own six record. I'm not impressed with the Cowboys. Niners are home today. They get their first one. Okay, then. Your elimination survivor special. Ooh. Uh, I, I, I always forget to think about this. You know, I'll, I'll take the Titans against the Browns. I, I'm going that direction, too. I... I was I was gonna go. Um, see, I'm I'm out of my league. I was gonna go Panthers, but no, I'll I'll go that direction and go Titans. Uh, have I been forgetting to ask you the your upset special? Yeah, we haven't been doing that this year. We have not. That's my fault. I, America, I apologize. I'm gonna go Giants over the Seahawks. That's why I snuck in my Niners pick, anyways. But that's that's my upset. Niners okay. And your player to watch. I'm going to say Ryan Fitzpatrick because I don't think Jameis Winston is good enough to go even though they're going to try him. I want to see if at all, if and when, Fitzpatrick comes in and relief today. Okay. And my player to watch is, I, I, I don't have a player to watch, uh, Matt Ryan. He's going to get a lot of 28-3 to chance tonight. Can he keep himself mentally focused? I hope so. Luke, we thank you. My pleasure. Enjoy your football Sunday and Monday, everybody.